from the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders, we are the Forum for the Fan, the Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo, here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fan, the Bleed Blue Show, the Dugout Podcast. Uh, Getting to the spring training. And not only just that, um, try to address a lot of the, the league, Major League Baseball, uh, moves around the league over the last week. And definitely want to talk about that. There's a lot of different shufflings that I like to discuss that, man. Now, you know what? Right before, uh, about earlier today, I was thinking about it because of our catcher situation with our own team with the Yankees. I was I was trying to think, like, where is the, the market or where is the depth for a good two-way catcher, uh, a defenseman uh, as far as uh, calling games, uh, defensive-minded, as well as hitting for the ball. And I'm thinking in my head, team to team, I can't really think of a a good hitting catcher in 2022 because we were just talking about that last week with Gary Sanchez being uh, moved uh, moved to Minnesota. But, you know, getting Ben Rovette in the uh, – in the return of the deal, and he's already out the oblique, and that's an issue already. The Yankees already had a catching issue, but I was trying to think bigger around the league. Where are the catchers at in 2022? I can't think of any. So I know a lot of teams are going to be in the market. When I say for for the catchers, I'm talking about a good hitting as well as defensive-minded catchers. Like it seemed like the last of the the great two-way catchers. Uh, like Molina from uh, from St. Louis, they're like kind of on the way out, like like just a dying breed of a uh, of, of a position for some reason. I don't know, but um, we'll, we'll talk about that and try to get to the bottom of that and all the other transactions, other team signings, the Carlos Correa big contract for three years with Minnesota, get him out of Houston, thank you, and uh, you know Trevor Story with Boston, uh, that's a good pickup for them, and see what he could produce in Boston. Um, let's see, man. We're not going to be long because this is our last week of episodes uh, for the week, and then we got our bye week. We're going to be totally off next week, so we're going to go out with a bang. Starting with the baseball, let's have some fun for the next thirty, thirty-five minutes, and let's just talk about um, not only the games if you watch them, and or player or position moves to watch in twenty twenty-two. AAC hey, hey, notes, man. Carl, what's up, man? This is just you and I, spring training. Um, I only saw. About say sixty percent of the uh, the game versus the Tigers on Sunday. Oh yes, I watched it on the Yes Network um, because of the college basketball having me occupied. And I know I only seen a little bit of the game versus the Phillies today. Not a lot. Uh, you know, I thought the Yankees kind of responded well on Sunday. But um, the more is the issue. Just looking at the body of this team, and we're going back to last week. I'm looking at it, and we have not improved where we need to be improved the most is with pretty much is the pitching. Pitching and then the catcher situation was already already an issue, and we're now more in the hole. Now, who knows with this oblique situation with Ben Rivet. So, what's up, dude? Um, let's talk about any of this with our team, anything around the league, man, some baseball stuff, man. What's up, man? Pleasant good evening to you, Steve. And uh, I've not had a chance to check out the uh, spring training uh, just yet. Uh, maybe I'll get a chance maybe the next uh, maybe week or so and watch a couple of minutes. Usually spring training is it's hard to watch. I do have to be fair. Like, sometimes I'll, if they're playing at home, 
those are probably the best games to watch because you at least get representative lineups. Uh, I know when they have to go on the road or split squad games and such like that, they don't bring a, a representative team with them unless it's, unless the nearby site is probably less than 90 minutes from, uh, from Tampa. Usually if they go to Fort Myers, they do something. If they go to Minnesota, which are they I think Minnesota's I think in uh no not Fort St. Louis after uh, no they share the they share the same I think they share the same facility with the Red Sox um, but like Bradenton or, or Lakeland when they play the Tigers stuff like that so you get kind of a half and half it's sort of a mixed bag if you if you if you watch some of the games but you know on your catcher point you know that is why Sanchez not um, playing out the way it was initially designed is critical and huge mm-hmm. because as time has gone on that position um has become so i don't want to say extinct that's not the right word not in the world where you know you, you see like will smith and jt real muto and wilson Contreras, who i saw with the cubs and um, salvador Perez, who i think had 45 home runs last year i have to take a look at his numbers i know it was crazy last season uh mm-hmm. in the case of him those are probably the four guys i can think of um, that really, you know, are, are the, you know, big hitting catchers in the, in the league. You know, you see, yeah, Perez last season, 48 home runs and drove in 121 RBIs and played 161 games um, uh, through the catcher position. I don't think he played, he probably DH'd a portion of those games. But, I mean, like, you know, if you have a guy like that that can hit, he, he is such a premium compared, because nobody else, you know, for the most part in the league has – you know, has one of those guys that can, you know, catch 115 games and still hit you 30 home runs. Like, that, it, it's such a luxury to have. And, unfortunately, the drop-off when you don't get that, the replacement for that, like, you know, I know folks wanted, like, you know, Kyle Higashioka and stuff like that. Unfortunately, the, you know, you play 162 games of that, you're not going to get the same level of production, um, Correct. Uh, sadly. So that's something that we should that should be monitored this year. Um as far as the team goes, you know, okay, the Yankees are essentially making a bet. Now, I don't agree with it, but I can, I can make a case for it. And they believe, and I remember telling you this when it was, I think it was you, me, I think it was Susie, and the other gentleman, I, 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 his name escapes me right now, an uh, older gentleman. Um, and it was a suggestion that I thought about, and I thought, you know, maybe the Yankees believed that a lot of last season was a fluke the, in terms of the offensive struggles, the, the pitching stuff that happened, and that with just a little bit of better luck this season, that those things will play itself out and that the Yankees were a better team than what we saw last season. I don't believe that. However, I can make a case for that. The problem is, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, you know, if you play probabilities, you know, the Yankees need about seven things to go right in 2021 to be a, 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 a serious contender, not a fringe contender. I think there's a difference between fringe and serious. I think if you're a fringe contender, you're probably talking about, like, making, like, the fifth, the sixth wild, you know, playoff spot. A real contender is, you know, one and two, you know, this season. But – when you look at the pitching staff, like you're, they're basically banking on Severino being what he was four years ago. Is that what are the percentages of that much. happening? Is that less than fifty percent? Very yeah. low. Very low. Very low. They're, you're also banking on Judge and Stanton to at least 
play 130 games each this season. What are the percentage chances of that happening? Um, that could be about 55%. Based Maybe on so. their past history. Well, okay. So, okay. Um, you, have that, you have that. Hicks. Is Hicks gonna, remember, the Yankees had a bunch of center field issues last season. We, I don't what count, are we penciling I'm not in? I'm not, I'm, I don't have no okay. confidence in Hicks. Okay, so if he gets hurt, let's, I'm, let's just let's just yeah. this here. If he gets hurt, are we playing Judge in center field a hundred plus games? Let's just hypothetically say, you know, Hicks they, has they might. you know any type of ailment, <laughs> and I that's mean, risky right there. So like, could, you know, yeah, we're trying to right, like because you got to get yeah. to the lineup because you know you, you always could throw Stan back in the outfield when he's not DHing and Gallo's probably left field or right field either or so yeah by default that's got to be the that's the play in general. For the most part, in most games, is the yeah. Now here's one. Here's another. Here's another one. Is the back end of the bullpen secure? No, that's a problem. It's a big problem. I'm not because you know we, we saw the Chapman experiment. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of things. So like at the end of last season, they were what a third place team. They, they didn't make the playoffs because they lost the wild card game. And if you were projecting it this season, they're probably the third best team in their division, anywhere between third and fourth. I think the Blue Jays are, were a much better team last year, but the record just didn't show it because of just some bad luck. So if you, the team hasn't really improved much, and they're just hoping that what happened last season just, you know, they're just basically banking on about seven things to happen, and I don't see that happening, unfortunately. I agree. I see them as a fourth-place team in the division. I think it's probably probably the same order. I think the only difference is between second and third place in the AOEs. That's probably going to be between Toronto and Boston. Um, Boston started off very well last year, and I think a lot of people wrote them off. I think they can make another run as far as at least compete for a wild card, if not close to the division. But I think this is Tampa Bay's division to lose. And Toronto's still on the up. They, they've been getting better. They got the Cy Young award-winning pitcher. Uh, the hitting is just the youth. Like I believe in their youth probably more than we have, and probably in our veterans, honestly. And that's just being objective. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. We are probably at at best a third place team, and that's just there's no improvement in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, and the problem is the way we utilize our pitchers, Carl, as you already know, these long innings, these long stretches where we overutilize guys. Uh, you know, the Chad Greens who've been up and down, up and down. Albert Bray was okay, but, you know, how shaky with Chapman could be, and I'm not necessarily uh, knocking him because he's been he's – he's got a lot of miles on the tire. You know, he's got a lot of tread, uh, lost a lot of tread. But the guys that set him up, you know, like Britain's not even there. I don't even know when he's coming back. It's yeah. going to be a, a while for them. I think he's after the season. Licky, Licky. Yeah, I think he's after the year. Yeah. Right, and then Licky was okay as a specialist, I, but I don't know how much you can get out of him. There's nothing as far as addition, and then when Darren O'Day, who's even a lot, like he, we were counting a lot on him to come in and give us some good innings, and he was hurting a lot. He's no longer there either. I have no confidence in the pitching, starters or bullpen, and that's a big problem in this division alone, let alone the AL. So, yeah, dude. And then add on to what we were just talking about, the catching situation. Um, 
you know, you could get an occasional slugging out of Gary Sanchez, but I mean, was it really worth the the two the two hundred batting average or around there? Or, yeah, you know, you know, defensive minded late in games, it was a, a hassle. But now, like you said, Kyle Higashaka, he was um. I mean, if he wasn't playing the Toronto Blue Jays in Buffalo all the time, hitting at home runs, like, what else has he done? It's not to knock on him. He's just a backup. You can't throw that guy right. 100-plus games and expect maximum production. It's just, with baseball, this is all about the law of averages. This is the sport that defines the law of averages. I don't have a see, – see, you brought up the uh, Salvador Perez situation. See, now, this is where I think, or, you know, if the Yankees were to – if they think they have something to compete for and go all in, let's say however we are by by time um, June, and they're kind of like second, third place or something like that, and adding a bat like that, how much are they willing to give up? Because I don't think Kansas City is going to be competing for anything. So that is something – that's what I'm saying. The catcher situation is so thin. You may want to upgrade for a guy who's batting and slugging at the rate that John Carlos Stanton was doing last year. I mean, what's what? I, but but that's that depends on how they are seeing how much they have a chance in winning it all. It's been what thirteen years since we won the World Series. Are they willing to gamble? I don't uh, know. I don't know. Yeah, one World Series in the last eighteen years. Eighteen years. Yeah, one World Series appearance in the last eighteen years. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you if I, you I mean, do it hey. if you do it that way, that's how I like. That's how, that's how I've liked to to to, to do it. If you uh, if you start from this from the beginning of the '04 season, they've been to the World Series once in the last 18 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I have no confidence. Um. I don't care what Severino did in spring training. I mean, I mean, of course, I want him to look like he's doing well. In his performance, but you know, like you said, these are tune-up games. This isn't the real thing. I mean, how much are you counting on him? I'm not counting. Or Montgomery. You talk about Jordan Montgomery when he was coming off the uh, the elbow with the uh, uh, the uh, Tommy John from the season before that. I mean, Tom, Jordan Montgomery's a fourth, fifth starter at best. I don't know if, he, if they're planning to have him as a top two, top three guy. We no, nah, man. He's good at eating in her, but that, not that guy to be, you know, you know, your second or third best starting pitcher. No, absolutely not. I don't know, man. I, I, so now, Tyon? Number three he, starter. You know, uh, number three starter. I would, I would say I would go, I would go a, high, a, a high-end th- third starter. Because if you think about it, if you just look at the American League, and even really baseball in general, it seems like not many teams, for whatever reason, much – I happen to notice this. There's not a lot of top – like teams that like have three, you know, so, just solid – you know, I mean, let me, let me rephrase it. Um, High-level starters. Three teams really – you know, if you even – now, unfortunately, the Blue Jays have like mm-hmm. five number two starters, which is actually – which would probably be preferable to have – than you know what the Yankees are putting out there, but yeah, yeah, like Montgomery, I think I think he I think he's probably good for about 175 innings at best, and then that's it. Like I, mean, mm-hmm. I have to see what he did. I have to look at his innings last year, but let me I'll take a look right now. He pitched last yeah. year 157 innings. That's probably what that's pro- 160 that's is probably 20. his his max. That's top 20. Yeah. You know, that's not too bad. You know, it's top 20. 
But yeah, um, the other teams that that we're competing against uh, that are going to be in competition of uh, eating, you know, inning eaters. You know, Boston's got a couple of guys, Savetta, uh, Nathan Navaldi, for whatever you get out of him. Of course, like you said, with Toronto, Robbie Ray is definitely the number one guy there. Or, or, or Jose Barrios for Toronto. I mean, they got guys that can eat up innings. Or, you know, we talk about Tampa Bay. Uh, it, they're just across the board because if the starters don't get the done, they you want to they want to play into their strength with the bullpen. So they have it that way. So the Yankees, like you said, they may have like seven issues to be a strong contender. Yeah, but that's a long that's a long way for 2022, man. And you're I can't count on the reliability on 162 games for them to make it. And I don't want to sound like a hater, Carl, but, yo, it's, it's just there's something that doesn't feel right <laughs> going into the season, man. It's just not for me. I, I just don't see it. Um, what are the – Well, no, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not hating at all. It's just looking at it for what it is. And that really kind of speaks to a much larger issue here. Uh, and I don't know if, what you think about this, but right. when you have that many questions – you know, someone mentioned it the other day. You know, for the amount of money, and I've always, I've made this one for the last year. You know, for the amount of money the Yankees are spending, when you look at the roster construction, it's like, man, there seems to be an awful lot of issues for a team spending this much money. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, It goes back to the big trade with, with Stanton, and then you got a lot of money invested in Gary Cole. But... The fill-in, like you said it last week, I think it was, about Donaldson, um, not really too high on him. And then you look at the uh, infield situation. Um, now, you know, we, we didn't talk about this, but now with the Freddie Freeman going to L.A. and then um, Rizzo getting the two-year deal, uh, I mean, I, Rizzo's a sure glove at first base, no doubt. Um, what about the rest of the infield? So you got rounding up the infield as far as, you know, DJ LeMahieu, uh, how you, you know, where are you going to fit him? Are you going to put him in second? Or are you going to still uh, go with, uh, you know, Torres at second base? Because now you kind of sort of have a large end unless you DH Donaldson. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would rather have, I'd rather have DJ in the field, honestly. I'm a, he, And you can play him pretty much anywhere, utility-wise, which is actually a good thing. But how would you round out your infield, you know? Uh, you know, you I got... Go ahead. Well, I, I feel like Torres has to earn his playing time. Um, unfortunately, he, you know, if you take his last two years of performance, he has not been able, he cannot justify, or you could, or anyone couldn't justify just handing him a, a starting spot at second base and say, hey, go have at it for 450 at that. Like, I'm sorry, he does he, when, you, when you factor in the defense on top of the lack of offense, like if you just look at, I think his OPS, like, like he was he was barely replacement level last year. Like he would be he would be on the bench of any halfway decent team based on his performance the last two years. Like he, if someone could tell me why he he should be starting, I I would love to hear it. You know, and I know they're probably trying to would probably do it just to boost his trade value. You know, just so they can get rid of him, but. Until further notice, you know, unless he, you know, rediscovers his power stroke, and not necessarily, you know what, not even just that, just the amount of line drives that he hits, like the, the percentage, if you look, if you chart it from the last three years, his percentage of just line drives has like 
derailed just for whatever reason. Maybe, and I, it's a theory I've been thinking about because the same thing kind of happened with Andujar. I wonder if he's being if he's been instructed to sw- to pull and swing for the fence. The idea being that you know doubles don't doubles don't do much for you. Just if you lift the ball just a little bit more, those balls that would go for line drives in the gap will actually be pulled for home runs. And I've been I've been wondering about this. If that's if if he's been instructed to do that and it's gotten into his head. That's just a theory I'm I'm just putting out there. But something else has to then explain why the percentage of his line drives and hard hit balls have basically plummeted. You know, that do, that can't think, be explained. Okay, well, do you think there's some way they're going to adjust for that this season? He's always kind of been like a two seventy ish hitter. Not I mean it's not you know, it's not bad, you know. But before the COVID season, the power was there. And that's where you're kind of missing I, or I guess the optimism of the Yankees thinking they're going to be this team again with nothing but sluggers all throughout their lineup. Uh, you know, Torres was the guy, you know, he had a monster season the year we got eliminated uh, in the ALCS. And then the COVID year happened, and it, it just hasn't been the same since. And you had a, a whole season after that and just looked pretty much bad at the plate for a whole year. So I can't go into that with confidence that he's just going to all of, all of a sudden turn it around. Uh, but you, you, do you think the approach with the management or, you know, the team as far as batting and how they're preparing as far as if he's going to pull the ball or not? What, how, I mean, what, what do you say to him to, uh, or to adjust his game uh, batting-wise uh, to get him going again? What, what are your thoughts on that? Or what would you do? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a confidence issue at this point. You know, I would have to take a look and and chart. You know, his. You know, how many times is he hitting the barrel of the bat? Because it did seem as if, and I don't know if what you thought. It seemed like a lot of his at bats last season ended in just simply weak hacks at the ball. You know, there was like a lot of pop ups. Yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. as if it wasn't as if he was driving the ball and outs were just being made on balls where you would say to yourself, okay, if you hit that same ball 10 times, half of the time those would be hit. But he's just running into some bad luck. Like the the, the, qual- the quality of his swings were poor. And that's something that has me wondering whether or not that is correctable or not. Because once you start going down that road, it's not like you just figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. You know, and he, you know, he had the Orioles to kick around. You know, early in his career, <laughs> right? And, there you go. That's you, know, <laughs> that. you know, that aided a lot of his numbers. That's but true. I'd have, that you know, I'm looking at his, yeah. I'm, that, so that, and you know, unfortunately, you know, he. That's where some of this stuff with where where with with the Yankees, just their their team construction has has sort of fallen off. You know, three years ago, he was projected to be perhaps the best hitter on the team. That hasn't happened. Three years, three four years ago, we thought Sanchez was going to be one of the best hitters on the team. That didn't happen. So those are kind of some of the cogs that were part of this engine. You know, Hicks was supposed to be one of those guys as well. You know, when you, after the 2017 season, it never happened. So the, between that, the inability from that point to then cultivate any other young guys to sort of bring into the fold from the minor leagues, unfortunately, and then you know you end up in a situation where 
okay, if you want to improve the roster as a whole, you basically have to pay up the, you know, up the ass just to make up for the failures that exist. And, you know, do you, do you, you know, we just talked about how there's so many things that have to go right for the team this season, just to be in a position where we're even talking about them as contenders. If, if, if you were just doing, you know, the money on this, you would be asking yourself the following question. Should I be spending more money on top of the bad money I'm already spending? Right. And I think how, I think the upper management and the Steinbrenner um, knows that. And I think they're going to kind of hold for it because of not just what you're saying as far as the makeup of this team and not doing anything even before the lockout or even just slightly after and trying to acquire players. But other teams within the division, just on paper, is just better. And then it is a gamble because you don't want to risk that, that, fi- that financial risk on trying to overspend for something that's pr- pretty much probably not going to work out anyway. It, I mean, baseball, like, like we've been saying, is just the, the averages are what they are. No matter how you slice and dice the stats, the advanced stats, no, all of that stuff, you are what you are. And I just don't see – Guys on this team just going to have monstrous seasons more than they, what they did in this previous season, and and that's just that's even if they did, that's just going to keep everything afloat. Uh, relying on your number one starter day in and day out, and he has some monster games. I can expect some of that out of him, but everything behind him and the bullpen that has question is very questionable. I just don't see that at all for this season. I really don't. Um, you know, Herman's got the, he's on the DL for about a month. Um, no, no surprise. I said about Rizzo. Rizzo. What's the latest on him? Do we have, Tyon, do we have any update on him? Is he ready to go this season? I think he, I know we had that year that kept him out. Yeah, I, 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 he's an okay arm and I think he's, he's, he's done, he, he's done some good things coming over from Pittsburgh, but I'm not worried. I'm not necessarily worried about him. It, it's still really pretty much everybody else, the rest of the band for me. Unless I don't even, you know what, Carl? Here's the crazy thing. I don't think I could be wrong. Uh, if they get the arms, some some sort of uh, bullpen help, middle relief help, I think that could help put a band aid over the wound. But long term, for this season, I just don't see because I don't trust the hitting out of Hicks to be a factor. Uh, he had that one season, I think it was 18 or 19. Yeah, I think it was 18. He, he was good, but everything else, man, dude, I just can't get behind it. You know, everything is slug or die. I'm not a slug or die guy, and that's just the way they want to play. And I, we all know that's just the law of averages. It's just not going to play into our hands. Uh, let me ask you this. Let's, let's go around the league before we get off. Because, uh, okay, let me ask you this. Let's start with our division. And, um, you know, talk about Trevor's story last week or a couple of weeks ago now with Boston. Um, teams that, uh, you know, what do you think about Tampa? What about Toronto? Uh, it, the, how do you, do you see it? Just, is it Tampa Bay's division to lose? And then it's pretty much Boston or, 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 or Toronto uh, for second and third, the Yankees and, and the Orioles. That's how I have it in that order. How do you have it? Just what do you know based off the roster construction on each of those five teams? Um, I've got Toronto winning it. Uh, they should have won it last year. I think their run, run differential last year was, I think, plus 180. 
which in any other season would have given you somewhere anywhere between 97 and 100 wins and 102 wins. You know, unfortunately, it didn't, you know, didn't work out for them. I think the Blue Jays, if they play that same season again this year, they'll, they'll win uh, that amount of games. So I think them and Tampa Bay are, are about the same. I was actually surprised Tampa was in the running for, for Freeman. I was surprised to hear that. I don't know how, how accurate that was. Um, the Red Sox, um, maybe they, they overachieved a little bit last year. So the pro- they were probably about a 85-win team that won 93 games. So if you just sort of split the difference on that, they're probably about an 88-win team. Which, at this, which with the six playoff spots will put you in a position where you're competing for a playoff spot. Um, and then you have the Yankees, who I think are about an 88-89 win team as well. They're kind of, I think the Red Sox and the Yankees are just about even for the most part. I don't really mm-hmm. think there's a big, at least over 162, I don't believe there's really that big of a separation between um, both of the teams. So for the division, uh, t- you know, Toronto and, and Tampa Bay are one two. Yankees and Red Sox fighting each other for 3-4. And then for the rest of the American League, I think it's really uh, the White Sox and the Astros' um, divisions to lose. I think the White Sox are 10 games better than anybody in their own division, even with whatever <laughs> Minnesota's doing. And then on the other side, uh, Houston, with getting Verlander back uh, this season, you know they won 95 games without Verlander last season. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the division, I know the Rangers down here have made you know, a couple of moves. They're they're short on some pitching. They do have a really good um, young offensive team, but they they're they're a ways away. And Seattle, who was there up until that last weekend, you know, they made some moves as well. But um, I'm I'm not totally I'm not totally sure of their offense, uh, especially last season. So I think they leave a little bit to be desired. But I think you're, I think the I think the Yankees will be competing for a playoff spot. There's no question in my mind, just based on the fact that there's not as much. Uh, if you just took the Yankees out, like who would I be replacing them with? And I don't know exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, going back to your point about Boston and I think they could, they could possibly do what they kind of s- snook up on teams towards the end of the year. They got us out of the way, which was painful to watch. And then getting Tampa Bay out. And I thought Tampa Bay had it all. They had everything for the making to win it all. And they got them out of the way. Um, history probably could repeat itself. Um, would probably um, not count that out as far as they have kind of guts in that clubhouse. So it is what it is. But yeah, as far as the central, yeah, I mean the White Sox, man. You know the pitching. Uh, you know we go back to you know bring you know when Lance Lynn was with the Yanks and then went back to the White Sox and then you got Don Cease. Oh uh, yeah, they got they got it, man. I mean Cleveland maybe might be like a second place team. I, I can't see anything out of Detroit. Minnesota, I know they're adding bats. They, there may be some sort of competition. Mm-hmm. I, there's nothing that shows out of Kansas City, which is why I said, hey, man, whatever the co- contract situation, if the Yankees think they got something that makes the slugging go up by adding that catcher, a position of need, at, especially at slugging the way they do with Perez, cool. If they think they have enough um, assets to trade off and they think they have enough to make a run – because this window is closing really, really quickly if you really think about it, Carl. Because I was really irritated about well, four years ago on here, and when the Yankees were kind of just, you know, lollygagging and you know AOCSs and stuff like that with Houston, and I, I, you can you have to take advantage of the situation. Uh, 
Meaning, I, I, I'm not one of those fans like, oh, there's always a next year, because next year may never come, man. And we, I think our window is closing, dude. If not closed already, because I think, I don't know if, you know, I don't even want to blame it on the COVID year, but the couple of times, you know, the cheating year with, you know, the with the Astros, with the uh, electronic monitor, monitoring and all that, but just not getting get over the hump and getting smoked by the Red Sox the other year, those were the, to me, it was those years of opportunity to really cash in for at least one. I, and, and you already know how this works in, in sports, Carl, man. Sometimes that window closes faster than you expect, and I'm not that. It's always next year. It's always next year. And I think that t- kind of passed us by, honestly. For, unless they make it's, monstrous moves, I don't see it, dude. I mean, it's possible. The other thing that also has happened, in addition to, you know, just, you know, the postseason playing out the way it did, is that the division got stronger right. as That's time thing. went along. That's that. Those two things in conjunction with each other, because like if you think about it, right? Because the other team that would be in the sort of mo- same mode would be the Dodgers in a hyper in, the, in this world. Mm-hmm. Dodgers about the last what seven eight years have been day to day the best team in baseball day to day. Right. Unfortunately, for all of that, they've you know bad postseason luck. You know whatever. They only had one title to show for. But the thing is, is that they have. Up until last season, they've had the division in, in set up in such a way where if they just just do things halfway decent, they should win 100 games. And that's exactly what, what <laughs> happened. Unfortunately, with the yeah. Yankees, there is not really because of the fact that, you know, Tampa is good and the Red Sox in any given year can be really good. And now Toronto is like – the Yankees can't pencil, and I think the fans need to sort of um, um, come to this realization. You know, there's been a sort of school of thought for the longest time, and you probably have heard it, that, you know, for Yankee fans, the, the regular season is just sort of like a formality. It's like, ah, the game, those games don't matter. You know, just get me to the postseason. Well, unfortunately, because the division is so good now, the postseason is not a guaranteed uh, form. It's not a formality. Like, you, you have to do some work to get there first. And that's where, you know, the, the Yankees unfortunately cannot construct a, a, a roster based on how, the, you know, mm, let me rephrase this because of some of the decisions that they have made and some of the um, inefficiencies that have come about over time, they have not been able to have a roster that has been set up in such a way where they can write in, you know, 97, 98, 99 wins and win the division and, you know, go into a postseason series without have you know trying to avoid this one game playoff stuff because I think it's what's happened. Was it three times in the last five years the Yankees have been relegated to a one game playoff? I mean, they've only won the <laughs> no, division right. I think one time in the last nine years. You know, mm-hmm. so even then, if you just sort of think about that, the Yankees can't even get through. Haven't even been able to be good enough just to get through the 162 to safely put themselves in a postseason series. It's it's it's, it's life on the line three of the last five years and. You know that that's, you know that's risky business. Yeah, it sure is, man. I we'll see, man. I'm still gonna watch. Um, I think we, you know, me and you see this pretty much eye to eye as far as projection because I am a bit. The Yankees are my first team of all the teams that I root for. They, they are my first, but I am objective to what I see. And as much as I want them to win, 
you know, 110, 115 games and all that because the big star name, that doesn't translate to day-to-day baseball. And especially, like you said, the division is just better. Um, and I, you know what, to be honest with you, Carl, I think the, some of the, a lot of the, I think, I'm going to say some, I'm going to say some. I don't know about a lot, but I'll say some. I think some of the fans have come around to know that these teams have gotten better just because we, there was this aura, especially in the 90s when we were winning championships, the Derek Jeter teams, the Paul O'Neill teams, things like that, Bernie Williams. They, they, we, we're the Yankees, we're just going to come in and steamroll teams. And I think that generation of fam, our ages pretty much, have got so used to that run, and it was so successful, it has kind of lingered, even the the year that we won in 09 versus the Phillies, but even the years that we were getting ounced out of the playoffs by the Tigers, uh, teams like that, uh, that aura, that confidence still still you know, still stood because they said, okay, we're the Yankees. We're going to always be in it. I think the reality of it is that it's the totally makeup of a new team, totally different dudes, same uniform, but the guts, they're realizing the guts of those teams that we, we leaned on with the Derrick Jeter teams is just not the same, totally different game of baseball on top of that. And knowing that you still have to play sound fundamental baseball that the Yankees uh, defensively, and, you know, they've been offensively challenged a, a lot of times as well, especially um, playoff games. You can go back to the Tampa Bay game where we're playing in them in San Diego and you got knocked out, that these teams do not fear the Yankees, and these fans are finally – I think they're finally realizing that their expectations have got to be lowered and they are um, – more objective to it, like kind of like what we're saying, basically. A lot of times the Yankees are always in first place. We're going to win the World Series. I think they've come down to earth, especially after what happened in Boston. More, more so I hope so. <laughs> he said, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I, I would hope so. I mean, there was, a, there, was a, there was a gentleman last week that was on the program with us that was basically suggesting that, you know, we're the Yankees, so therefore, you know, we should be doing A, B, and C. And I'm like, you know, this is a different baseball world. You know, teams have gotten smarter. You know, the money goes a different way these days. Like the way, you know, there's just, there's more talent spread out among all these teams. Like, you know, just saying, Hey, go get me a pitcher. And that's not, that, you know, teams are kind of, teams are kind of up to the game. You know, we're no longer the, you know, other teams are no longer the minor leagues for the Yankees to just go and pluck, you know, your best player. Like those days are over. Like you gotta have to be smart and, and, and develop your own and, and, and cost cut and, and figure out ways. Cause everybody's basically playing, the same game these days if you have you know some some level of money and you know the yankees you know of kind of living in like a 2000 world in 2022 like that's uh, that only gets you so far these days yeah definitely now what do you think about uh these other moves uh before we get off final thoughts but you know chris bryant getting the big deal with the rockies you know he was a rental after being traded from the cubs you know with the, with the giants now getting the big Hundred million, hundred eighty million plus with the Rockies. Uh, what about the other signings? Carlos Correa, a guy that some Yankee fans wanted. He talked gang of shit, but he produces and was a very good uh, player for the Astros. Now with the the Twins, what what do you think about all these other signings? With Trevor Story, so on and so forth. And also your final thoughts, man. Let me wrap up. Thank goodness, thank goodness I don't watch Colorado's Rockies baseball because clearly they don't know what the hell they're doing. They tr- so think about this, right? So about was it a year, year, year and a half ago, they traded Arenado 
to St. Louis, to, gave St. Louis, the Cardinals $50 million bucks to take his contract off of their hands to, the, to St. Louis, only to then turn around and sign Chris Bryant for $180 million bucks. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the Rockies, man. You know they've been during. I think it's their thirty year of existence this year, and they just have never been able to, you know, for more than like a year or two, just like figure out, you know, what they, you know, what they are as a team. I, it's it's sad because that ballpark and that city is tremendous, and those folks deserve better. But unfortunately, you know, guys don't want to come down and pitch there because it's terrible. And just when they get a little bit of pitching, now the hitting is, is basically all going away. So, you know, too bad on that. As far as the Correa thing goes, Correa messed that up. He, you know, the money, he thought the money was going to be there after the lockout. You know, the money was there when those guys, especially down here, when um, Seager signed and Simeon signed and I think one of the guys signed, and he thought the money was going to be there. So instead, you know, as, as it played out, the Twins basically played the Yankees to take Donaldson's contract off of their hands so they freed up the money so they can sign Correa for themselves and basically structured a deal that basically told me, hey, listen, Correa doesn't really want to be there. So he's set up a contract in such a way where he gets his money this year. If the money is available in the market next year, he can go do it. If not, he'll take the same high payment, um, $35 million from from the Twins. You know, if the Yankees, I guess the, you know, the Yankees are so fixated on these shortstops that are in the minor leagues that, you know, that this deal was simply not an, an option. But if you just look at just a one-year $35 million contract, that just seems like a very logical position to take. But, you know, fortunately, the Yankees have moved on um, from, from, from that point. And, you know, one thing we didn't talk about last week, and I guess we could bring it up now, uh, someone has to explain to me why the Cincinnati Reds are selling off all of their players. <laughs> like, that makes no sense at all. Like, literally, they're, like, giving away every player that they have. If you just call them up and make an offer, they'll probably give you, some, give you somebody. And uh, a final thought here uh, as we leave mm-hmm. out. Um, you know, I know, and Susie talks about this about a lot, and a lot of fans do because you hear it on the radio and such like that about, about Cashman and people call him an idiot and wh- whatever. And, and the problem that I have is, is this. And I need someone to explain this for me, maybe in a future show or whatnot. Um, when the Yankees win a lot of games in the regular season and then don't win the postseason, He's called an idiot. Does that mean then if the Yankees win, let's just hypothetically say 88 games this season, which I think is the same amount the Atlanta Braves won last year, but happened to just by some stroke of luck win the championship, you know, things just fall a certain way. Does that make Cashman suddenly a genius? Because that's what the fans have basically positioned this as a, as, as a, as a parallel. Like that's kind of what this is. I'm, I'm gathering based on the two levels of extremes like he can't be an idiot when they win a lot of games but then if they don't win a lot of games he's still an idiot like the two the two don't the two don't compute to me and as this season plays out you know if they don't make the playoffs then he's stupid and if they win and they still don't win then is is the res- are we only talking about the result the end result when the last game is played that determines whether or not you know, he is, is, is good at his job or is not good at his job because there's only one winner when the season is done. And as I mentioned earlier, the Dodgers have won an incredible amount of games the last like nine years and only have one title to show for it. Does that mean that the Dodgers process is bad or that just the results just for whatever reason just haven't worked itself out? Like, I need some level up explanation. I have, I've yet to receive well, one that just, is really <laughs> make any sense. That's just fans, that's just fans ranting, man. Um, 
that's kind of pretty much what that is. If the Yankees don't get to a certain point, it's Cashman's fault. I don't, I don't necessarily blame him. I don't even have an issue necessarily with Cashman. Um, I think he's been a, a very consistent GM. Uh, you know, we just there's been tough breaks in that run or in that within that window. We actually have some good. Uh, uh, outcomes like beating Cleveland in that first season, and I thought Cleveland probably was the better team. Um, but you know, we run into the Astros. You know, we run into teams that were hot, like the Red Sox. I mean, sometimes it's just bad luck. And then now you got teams that, yeah. that when you take, you know, you had the bad luck. Now I, I can't put I can't put that on the general manager. You know, some teams just had our number. Like like you know, remember we had uh, we went to the playoff series versus Boston, and we and I thought we were going to win the way we came out. Um, you know, the Aaron Judge game. And then we came back to the stadium and got handed to us. I mean, embarrassed. I can't put that on the general manager. That's, that's just players not performing. And so, yeah, it just – but that was in the prime of the window. The window was wide open. So, yeah, I don't have – I don't necessarily have an issue with this. You know, I mean, come on, Carl. We, we, we root for the same football team. We know what general manager issues look like. The, the baseball team is – I've seen that one. <laughs> 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 yeah, and, and you root for a basketball team that's you know, hey, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, we will be back in like two weeks to get back to more of the baseball. Carl, shout out to at the C notes. Uh, rest of the episodes for the rest of the week, we'll talk. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be a long season. To be honest with you, I don't I, I don't have a, I don't have a positive uh, vibe coming out of this. But we'll talk as the games go, man, Carl. And good to talk with you after C-Notes and bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue,